Hello, and welcome to Global Wellness for All podcasts. My name is Lale Hancock, and I'm going to be your host every week, every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Lisbon time, as we do this journey and adventure of wellness in all parts of our lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Global Wellness for All podcasts. My name is Lale Hancock, and I'm going to be your host, your adventure tour guide for today. I'm so excited to introduce you to a very special friend, Christy Dorn. Welcome, Christy. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm very well. Welcome to you back as well. And thank you so much for having me on this very special topic. Yeah. Well, today's topic is actually a unique one because we are going to talk about benevolent capitalism, but we're going to talk about benevolence in all parts of our lives. And uh, Chrissy, you know, you've got such a beautiful, broad background. Do you want to just maybe take a few minutes and with the listeners and the viewers, just give them a little, little snapshot of, of who you are? Oh, yes. Well, very happy to do that. It's quite interesting. I've done a few, a few different road trips and um, not following a specific goal as such, but following my energy and, and, and what I perceived as light in life. And I actually started off with um, five-star hotel management as I'm such a people person. I, I love languages. I love it. I love finding out about different cultures. And so that was enabling me to travel around the world and theoretically work in every country in the world, wherever there is a hotel. Um, and then, yeah, I then soon found out that it's actually a lot of idealism, a lot of um, passion because you're working a lot of hours. And when I then out of coincidence started rock climbing because I'm also a big fan of nature, I met a professional rock climber who said, well, you're working to live, you live to work and I actually live and I don't work. So what's going on here? And so I immediately changed my direction. I stopped working in the hotel business and I started traveling with him around the world, just going climbing in these most beautiful places in the world. And, and that then led me into the outdoor industry and first and foremost into those brands that are uh, stewards of the entire outdoor industry. Um, I mean, if you want me to mention some names, you know, Patagonia is a very big one. So I used to work directly with these guys and met Yvonne Chouinard, who's done a lot of environmental and sustainability approaches within the industry. And then that actually followed through until from going from sales and product management, I then started to do my own agency as business development, especially for sustainable, sustainably and ethically thinking brands. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm now, I'm running a company uh, that specializes on sustainable brand development, a bit of marketing, a bit of PR, but also as you know, sustainability is a very, very broad yeah. definition or even more than that. <laughs> Can you actually say more? Because, you know, um, when I was in technology, our idea of sustainability was very different. When I was in the medical industry, sustainability was very different, you know. And then today, when we talk about sustainability, it just has such a different reach, so can you say a little bit more about your 
focus right now with sustainability? Yes, obviously, the first time sustainability came about was environmental responsibility, environmental ethos for the entire company. Then you went into using this plastic, all these different campaigns, and you would have, you know, Greenpeace fighting against something. And, and what if you started with your own little planet, with your own earth, and contributing from your end by, first of all, doing a sustainability brand development, if you want to say it, about yourself? And, and what unique you can you be? And that's what, what fascinated me in the last two years where I was saying, okay, I can try and develop a sustainable brand for whatever reason, but if I don't start with myself and with my own life, then where would that lead? There would always be some, some chaos about it. And, and when you start recognizing how unique you are and what contribution you can be to your family, to your friends, to your entire life, not first and foremost, the business itself. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, there's so much space out there. Yeah. And even the world has changed so much. People are waking up and noticing even that they live on this magical planet and that there is actually something else available in the way that we can all contribute. You know, it's so interesting. Um, I'm now in Portugal and they're incredible people. It's just very different culture than when I was living in America. America, you know, this is a very strict rules depending on where you are about recycling and splitting your recycling into the paper, into the plastic or the cans and stuff like that. And so they make this whole big thing about it. But what's interesting is Hmm, China's not buying our recycling anymore. So where is all this going? You know, um, and then I'm here in Portugal and I, you know, there's little bins in different places, but when you ask people, it's not part of the culture. It's not part of the things that they do. And so they automatically go into, oh, we're not helping the environment. But what if actually you gifting and receiving from the planet wasn't just about recycling? You know, when we when we talk about sustainability of the earth, actually a thriving earth, it's going to take more than just us separating our trash to be able to make a difference. Like most people don't even realize you laughing contributes to the earth. <laughs> so, have, you, have, um, have you ever made this experiment? And I know that they did this experiment and I would not never ever do that to my beautiful plants here indoors as I don't have a garden. I have, okay, I have the big Franconia in Switzerland here in the very heart of Germany, which is a region that's called Switzerland because it's as hilly and, and beautiful rivers just the same way as so it's, it's Switzerland. So that is my garden. And, and all the plants inside my house, they, they are contributing to to my life as well. And so th there is this, this, is, um, this research where they, they took exactly the same plants. One of them received light, one of them received, good morning, how are you today? And, and nurturing and, and, and polishing the leaves and whatever. And the other one was left in the dark and was actually bombarded with, with, with negative words, which one grew and which one didn't. And so, like you say, you know, if you're around in the, and I'm laughing a lot in my apartment because I just love to laugh. I love to have joy in life. And even when there is a crisis, what if you brought a bit of joy and laughter into it? Because then, then that would ease the situation. And isn't it all about not taking yourself so serious? So that actually reflects in the plants. I'm so happy here and the plants are growing like mad. <laughs> and it's and so with the planet. 
And it's so funny because most of us think of sustainability or actually let's talk first about benevolence because I know people have their own definition of what that means versus what Mm. we mean when we say benevolent capitalism, benevolence in your life, you know, like, can you say a little bit more so that we can open up that topic? Yes, very, very happy about that because we've just had a class on that and I've been attending some meetings on that on benevolence. So what is benevolence? I mean, it's not just being nice to people and being a doormat. Benevolence could also mean that you're saying, okay, stop, this is not working for me anymore. And can you sense the energy? It's almost like not having any point of view about it, just going into, okay, this is not working for me. Whether it is an employee, whether it is a contractor you work with, whether it is a friend, and, and it's, it's making them, them realize, okay, you're not going into their energy anymore, but the benevolence starts with what works for me, what is great for me, and not just doing everything for everybody else and forgetting about yourself or even your body. So it starts again with your life. It starts with the way that you are with your family. It starts with the way that you are with friends, with neighbors, and yeah, not buying yourself into their reality in a way and, and just being always kind of going into your body and asking, okay, body, how are you feeling about this? Because yeah. it's, it's not us who are feeling, it's the body that's feeling. And so it tells you when something is going wrong. That is true benevolence. Yeah. Well, you know, most people know benevolence as charity. I mean, I used to um, be an executive in the not-for-profit world and benevolence meant we were going to do some kind of charitable event or we were going to do something for somebody. Um, But benevolence actually is something that benefits everybody. It's not about you only, them only, there's a problem, but it's like creating something or choosing something that allows it to be the oneness, allows it to be that it's the kingdom of us, not just yes. about me. And exactly. what I love about benevolence is that actually, I didn't even know what benevolence really meant, like its true definition until I would say maybe five, six years ago where there was a huge event that we did. And the first one was in Australia. I flew to Australia for the event. Um, And it was, it was called benevolent capitalism. And we had people from all around the world that came and it was about, you know, capitalism was never created as what we see it as today. And one that most people want to push away from. Capitalism was actually goods, exchanging of goods. You know, you can't carry your cow everywhere you go. <laughs> you exchange the cow for what you need, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's really where, you know, the commerce actually started um, is, is that engaging interaction between people that exchange this for that. And so when we talk about even benevolence, like for me, sustainability has to include benevolence of the earth and not that, you know, you think uh, you have to go hug a tree, even though try it. It's one of the most magical things. Beautiful. Yes. (laughs) I do that also. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) Oh, I'm telling the whole world. We're here. We're telling the whole world. (laughs) Um, I mean, benevolence is wishing well for all. So that means 
it goes in both ways. It's not just being nice and friendly to everybody. If it means that one person is is always gaslighting or, or the, the department of your of your company, then wishing well for all means that either that person person changes or it leaves. And and and, and benevolence for Earth is is also so much more than just not using single-use plastic bags. It's way more than that. And it's looking more into the future. It's not just looking at me, myself, and I now. I mean, it starts with me, myself, and I, but then it includes everybody else around me, whether that is private life and business. And then you don't only look at tomorrow or the next week. You look at what action, what effect is my action in five years' time, in 10 years' time, in, in 50, in 100 years' time, even when I'm not here anymore on this planet at the time. That is true benevolence. Yeah. And, you know, it starts with one action. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes when we're talking about the, the vision of the future, when you're talking about your actions for the future, a lot of times people go into this freeze mode because it just seems so far away for them. <laughs> but what if it's not? Like even your action to choose today, hey, Am I going to be kind to myself today? Am I going to judge myself today? Has a ripple effect that affects not just you, but affects the world. So even like that moment of instead of going into judgment, you flip that 180 degrees and go into gratitude. Like even when you were saying, you know, um, I, one of my businesses is a management consulting company and businesses bring me in all the time for different reasons. And one was that they brought me in because um, like they had had a huge turnover within two weeks, like one particular program, they had 32 um, uh, programs in their, in their organization. And one of them within two weeks, 70% of the staff left. I mean, this is huge, you know? And uh, they brought me in and they said, okay, Lale, I really need you to figure out what happened here. And I said, okay, first of all, if I'm coming in, I can't just come in and see what happened here. I need to touch and talk to people that are within the organization so that I can find out what's going on in the organization, you know? And with it was these actions. Um, and a lot of it was mis no communication. You know, corporate side of the business would make the decisions and then hope somebody somewhere was executing it. But when they would execute, they didn't engage. They didn't have people involved. And so, like I'm saying, like these actions start in, we think we have the problem as one thing, but it's not until you open it up and you start the line of communication that you actually realize where the root of the issues are and not to stay in the problem. Cause that's the one thing I don't interview people to just stay in the problem, but okay. Know what's going on from awareness, but now what, what actions can we take? What are things that can be created? And it is like that whole organization ended up revamping and we created so many different things. I ended up actually working with them for three years because one project led to another, to a leadership training program and to other things. But it all was this misled, like you described earlier of what seemed like the gaslighting situation. Mm -hmm. And it did, it revealed itself that the head of HR had a lot of um, involvement in things and we needed to let her go. And then, you know, other things that needed to change within the organization as well. 
But if we just look at things from one perspective, we're not going to know all the ways that we can turn this into a benevolent organization that benefits all, not just the employees, but also your client base. And what if you start, in fact, started with asking questions and asking, okay, what, okay, yes, definitely be aware of the problem as such, but then making the problem significant, that already helps. And you don't have to go into all Excel spreadsheets, um, uh, analyses and statistics and, and, and producing PowerPoint presentations with 50 pages to try and find that one problem and try and change it. What if you just ask the question, okay, what else is required now? What can I ask? What can we do now to change the situation? And in fact, it was really funny. I was, I was working for, um, uh, for Puma International for six years and that was at the very start where we didn't really have any structure at all. We were just led to, to run this business, our department, as if it was our own business, thinking 360 degree. And then when they started bringing more structure in, where you basically were only allowed to think from um, from H to to whatever to 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 L, because somebody else was thinking from A to B, and then somebody else from C to E, you start becoming a machine, a robot. And what if you ask your employees what they would like to contribute, and maybe they would want to work something completely different, and all of a sudden they become small entrepreneur units in your big organization and you can actually benefit from them being being able to do something a lot better than you would be able to do it and that is benevolence it's like you know empowering people within your company within your um, on, on you know to step up and and allowing them to actually start thinking and contributing themselves and that's what many companies do wrong literally they could do so much better yeah. You know, what's funny, you just reminded me of one of the things that came out. Well, there were so many things that came out, but one was, it was called the mission team and <laughs> we brought individuals from different parts of these 32 programs. But usually the people who are part of these are the heads of the department or they're this person or that person, but we had a mix. So you had people that were never part of the conversation or ideas that were put in. And it was all based on volunteer. It wasn't like we said, okay, you're going to come, you're going to come. We asked who wanted to engage and be part of it. And they couldn't be part of it for a long time. So we would constantly add different energies and different ideas and different perspectives. Because, you know, when you have just your senior staff or your directors and above involved, they're only seeing the picture from one angle. Yes. You know, even though they see it from a universal angle, they're seeing it from their point of view, their perspective. But the person we brought in, like, for example, for one of their programs, they had um, a homeless shelter. And we had staff that would come who actually engaged with the participants, part of it, you know, and seeing what did they require. And then they had another program that was for, um, individuals with developmental um, disabilities, which now I would call abilities. Um, and yes. so, you know, the, their um, group home problems were very different than the homeless structure and how things function. So like having the diversity of people's engagement from different levels made such a difference. And I'm still amazed all these years later 
people are still functioning the same way. Like they're not opening up. What do you mean? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I still see organizations that are not including different people's thoughts, ideas, and engaging people. They're still functioning from, we make it all, all the answers we have, and then someone go and make it happen versus make them be ambassadors of the idea. <laughs> isn't that then the bear, isn't that then that the person leading the company and may um, what is what's with him what, what's his agenda in a way um that maybe he needs to you know feed his ego or whatever without without judging anyone now or um is it is, is it their fear of losing control what is it is it people who who want to have power so i mean there is a really interesting german saying and um, translate into it translates into the fish always smells from the head so, <laughs> yeah that's a good one <laughs> yeah when you actually replace when you replace the head of a company what more could that bring? Because it could well be that that head of the company is a complete control freak, is a micromanager of magnitude and just cannot let go. And I'm actually working with somebody like that. I've been working with him for over 12 years or 13 years. And, and right at the beginning, he said to me, you know, um, I mean, he's very innovative. He's been one of the leaders in the outdoor industry with regards to environmental protection and whatnot. And uh, he initiated the Greenpeace Detox program together with, with Greenpeace so that the companies do the self-commitment um, self, um, of becoming more environmentally friendly. And yet he sits there and he says, I am such a control freak. I'm such a micromanager and I can't let go. And, and I've formed, I've, I founded this company and I wanted to, to continue the way it does. It always has done. And I said, how much more could it grow if you just let go? And he said, well, how do I do that? And I said, well, trust first and foremost. So that means that you need to trust yourself, but you also trust your, your employees. And just by you telling me that you already show your vulnerability and you know what he's done now he's actually um how would you say transcribing his entire company to his employees wow. he doesn't want anybody else come in and just take over and completely change his project of environmental and sustainability and whatnot so it's his employees who continue to run the company when he steps down within 365 days now and that is so beautiful. So now he's open up and he's allowing and he's, yeah, he's still there as a consultant. And how many CEOs can do that? Yeah. And it's all levels, you know, I mean, you know, I've worked with so many that, you know, there was one um, uh, very large organization in America advertising. And when I came in, I realized the problem was one of their general managers to one of their biggest practices. And you know, he was toxic and he was actually creating more problems than he was bringing business in, you know, and, yeah. um, and it wasn't until we started talking, but not from the problem of finger pointing, but really from that space of there is no problem. Let's see what's really going on, you know, and then opening that place where people felt safe to even have a conversation. And when you're willing to give your employees a voice, you know, um, whatever route it is, whatever you create, you know, um, I've worked with so many that we've created even, you know, 
employees to employees and then employees to the consultant or whatever, whatever allows them not just to come complain. Okay. I'm not talking about that, but to have ideas and solutions, but really their creativity. Cause when most of us actually have a lot of creativity, it's just that we don't know that we can say it out loud or use it in certain jobs, unless it's part of what we said is part of our requirements of the job, you know? And so you have like a wealth of information that's going to waste (laughs) if you're not utilizing it. So yeah, I wonder really what's possible. I wasn't thinking this is like where the conversation was going, but I love how it just kind of filtered itself here because yeah it's just, yeah, it's just go with the flow and and, and and the funny thing is okay we were talking about the the head of a company but what if if so many employees and i also see it in my own family i see it with my friends how many of those really are have got the the balls <laughs> excuse my french to step up and to say hey, I can do so much more. How many are going back into their, um, oh, I'm so afraid of doing this because you know, it might, I might have to change my life. And that even is reflecting when I'm changing, all of a sudden certain friends are dropping away as this might be a threat to them just by looking at what else I'm creating. And I'm always creating more in life. I've never stopped and I've never done the same thing um, over and over again. There was always a new twist to it, always a new question to ask. And and how many are, are even with employees are staying in their security, especially here in Germany, especially now with the lockdown, they're sticking to the rules and they're wearing their mask and they're looking at you when you're getting a bit too close and, and whatnot. And, and, and what if you get, get more benevolence into this and wishing well for your own creativity almost and for all the possibilities that you have, if you just looked at and asked yourself, what else can I do here? What, what, yeah, what else am I capable? What would I really love to do? That's the next thing. When you ask somebody, what would I like, what would you like to do? Really, if if time and money were not an issue. Yeah. What would you have to do? And all of a sudden, oh, I love to go into photography. I want to travel the world. Oh, I would um, um, start, you know, collecting stones and, and doing some beautiful artwork with it but I can't because I have so many appointments. And so I said, okay, why don't you reduce your appointments? Oh, yeah, I can't because other people need me. Mm. And that's also, what about the benevolence around other people needing you? And what about if you need yourself? Mm. And you bring a different type of need in it, which is something that grows and expands your life rather than neediness as such. Yeah, that whole need thing is a very interesting one. and. Yeah. And um, how much people need us to not change as well, be what we were yesterday. And the whole thing of of benevolence also is your willingness to continuously move forward, you know, take two more steps forward. And like you described earlier, you know, sometimes people are um, hesitant to step up and say they have an idea or step up and do something different because they're they're not sure of the consequences <laughs> you know of that but how will you ever know unless you try and the funny thing is be um controlling your life um in a way by being out of control and making sure that you're not stuck somewhere that you can't get yourself out of about being out of control and, and out of 
any sort of judgments from other people and 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 just 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 let, leaving them where they are and and just going forward that is a different way of getting your life into a different direction and there's so much potential there totally totally you know um it's interesting because most of us you know it's like oh i have children or i have this i have that and I have children, they're older now. And there were moments I didn't travel, you know, um, for uh, most of my life, I have traveled a bunch for business. Mm -hmm. And there was a few years I wouldn't, I even had clients and I would say, no, I'm sorry, right now, with what's going on with the kids, I want to be more engaged and involved in their high school, you know, their athlete, athletics, mm -hmm. um, and things of that sort. And then I knew though, there was a moment that I actually had to step up because there's something, you know, you can be a leader and create such new environments. You can create possibilities that really can't come alive without you and your ideas. Yes. So, you know, this is where I actually invite people to start writing things down, start writing down the ideas that you do have and ask, what's it going to take to bring this to life? What's it going to take to have this actualized? Because when you do, you, you might be surprised to find that you're asking that question, you choosing that starts to become this magnet to bring people resources, the money, the time, and these other things to it. And ways that you would have never been able to come up with with your head because it you would have thought of it as a box and, and now having no box around it, you're letting every molecule be that invitation and that contribution for you. So, you know, what if there is nothing too big or too small, but the willingness for you to at least explore and put that out there? And on one hand, the small things can also shift quite a bit of, of whatever is coming up for you in the future. And then sometimes you might even need to need to up your ask and, and ask for something huge. I mean, everybody has their dreams and their visions. Nobody knows how to get there. And, and what I found is when I stopped looking for answers, when I stopped manifesting certain things, I mean, I used to have a vision board, it never happened because my ass was always way greater than the vision board. And it, it kept changing so quickly, maybe even three, four, five times a day that my ass was changing my, whatever you want to call it. And, and so I, I, you know, I took it down and all of a sudden, all these possibilities were there to, to, to be explored. And yes, <laughs> um, somebody told me, what if you ask every day in the morning, it's like, um, almost like you, you delete what you were yesterday and, and you ask, okay, who am I today and what, what fantastic adventures can I have today and what can I ask, what can I add to my life? And it's just amazing and I'm not expecting an answer and just, just giving you and that is also part of the benevolence for myself in a way by asking these questions and allowing myself to receive more every single day. And then I can, I can contribute to somebody else on that and, and, and involve them and, 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 expand my benevolence to other people and whether it's business or friends it doesn't make a difference or you <laughs> and we also don't realize how much that is leadership you know how much that inspires and invites others to step outside their box and want to reach for something bigger you know people ask me all the time like we have some great staff 
but how do we get them to be even more creative and, and include more of the future, you know, in terms of what can we put in place, not just for today, but for today and the future. And I always tell them, you know, sit them down and have some conversations with them because most of us don't. Now I do a lot of, um, I, I facilitate a lot of events for businesses and for individuals in the communities where we actually do this, you know, it becomes this fun, creative session, but you don't have to have a consultant come and see you, you know, put a thing together and make it fun. You know, I think so many people in business have made it be so serious, like you were talking about earlier, that people have forgotten that they can be silly and they can be playful and they can be creative at work. Not just the way they write their code, not just the way they design graphics, but thinking truly outside the box and starting to include their awareness, what they perceive, and allowing the future to whisper to them in what they're creating. And then, of course, some really silly thing that might, that might even come to you when you're going out for a walk or when you're, when you're standing in the shower and I'm still looking for those um, waterproof post-it stickers. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's the new yeah, idea. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's where, I mean, very often when, when you're sitting there and you're really trying hard to think and you have to go write this concept about this new collection or whatever you're doing um, and these new designs, Usually it comes when you're having a joke, when you're drinking a great cup of tea, when you when you when you're just laughing with some friends, and all of a sudden it's like that person says one word, and all of a sudden you go like, bling, something pinged me there, and it's you know what that is? It's almost like relaxing into creation, isn't it? It's almost like relaxing into and, and coming out of your mind, and oh, my nose is tingling. Oh, oh, that's actually giving me a new idea. Whatever it is. <laughs> Me, so I was trying to make something out of it <laughs> and it's just and we were having that with a friend as well and so many people are so serious they're so serious and 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 especially when you when you are together with a team with people everybody's trying to sort of bring over their point of view and being right and 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 you're wrong and now this is far better as soon as you play a joke all of a sudden they come out of their mind and and when you're not thinking literally not thinking from your mind, all of a sudden, when, when you start practicing that, you, you perceive a, a different energy. I, I can't describe it. It's, it's, it's just being and sitting there and just being present. Yeah. However you do that, I often do it in my car. I'm melting into the seat and I'm just driving around. It's like, wow, here's an idea. Have you just had an itch as well? And yeah, I just had an itch. I had a new idea right now. <laughs> I gotta tell you, for me, it's just so many places. The shower, always, you know, get in the shower and I get so much creativity. This morning I was in the shower and, uh, and then my team, you know, my, uh, my creative team got a bunch of a download for me like, oh, this, and have you guys thought about blah, 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 blah. And then I just went like room all in one place. But um, yeah, and, and how often are we willing to also include the earth? You know, put your feet on some grass oh. or even just say hello to a bird who's singing. I mean, I just, you know, find the things that bring you, like she was saying, this space of relaxation 
and yeah. allows you to receive. I actually did an audio called relax and receive <laughs> just Yay. for that reason of so often we have so much in our head, but we're like disconnecting from our body. We're disconnecting from the earth. And if we're willing to just be more present, what else would be possible? And our molecules and our bodies, they're just an extension of the earth. And when you're standing, I mean, up right around the corner, there is a beautiful little stream. And so I went for a walk with a friend the other day and her dog was running off and whatever. And we just stood there. There is this one magic place where I can, where I find that this is, this is my valve for downloading all the crap that not, doesn't belong to me, literally. And I stand there and, I, and she stands next to me and I said, there's these little stones, these little rocks in the river. And I asked her, hey, you know that, that fourth stone from the left, can you perceive the sound that the water is doing when it's running over exactly that one stone? And she says, yes, of course I can. And I said, how many people can do that? Just listening to all these different sounds in nature, yes, a bird or, or I mean, even a butterfly. A butterfly also makes a sound, it makes an energetic sound. You can't hear it, but you can sense it. You can sense when the energy comes across or a bumblebee, or even the different rocks and the water running across the rocks. And it's just just being aware and being present with that. But also my favorite tea from Venice, uh, from Cafe Florin, which has got a bit of, of rose petals in it, and this beautiful soft Darjeeling. If I drink it in front of the computer doing these stupid PowerPoints, it's like a waste of tea. <laughs> if not, if not, I, you know, when I'm sitting on the sofa and I have a beautiful piece of cake with it and a beautiful cup, I mean, even that glass of water tastes so much nicer in a beautiful glass rather than just some stainless steel, whatever. Yeah. So it's being present and pampering yourself by listening to these beautiful sounds in nature and receiving them. Mm. How much relaxation does that bring? Yeah. And I think most people think relaxation means they have to sleep or they can't do it during work hours or something. But yeah. what if your, you know, adrenaline pump doesn't have to be going cray cray, <laughs> as my kids would say, you know, yeah. but it actually is that space that brings this creativity and allows you to start engaging with more things. So thank you, Chrissy. This was such a great conversation and I'm so glad you were here and what you've been doing and the <laughs> benevolence that you be and you create around the world. And thank you for that. So um, can you tell our listeners where can they find you? And, you know, is there, is there a particular place that would be the best for them to reach out to you? Well, in fact, now with lockdown, best for them to reach out to me all over the world is on my website, which is uh, chrissydawn.com. I think you're going to be posting it underneath. Yeah. And we've actually run a beautiful International Women's Symposium all of November, almost like a little digital booklet with 30 um, inspiring or inspirations for life, um, little stories. And you were on it as well, actually. And uh, it was so amazing because every story is so different. And then it was all about bringing more joy into you being a woman in business, but also in your entire life. And that was so inspiring. I'm, I'm still sitting there thinking, I can't believe it's finished. And yet, yes, you can find it on my website and find some more inspiration on there. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Thank you all for being here and listening or watching whichever one you are doing. 
And we are so grateful for you. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of Global Wellness for All podcast. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here with us, whether you were listening or watching. We are so grateful for you and we need your help. We would love to spread the seeds of wellness all around the world. Will you assist us? You can subscribe below. You can subscribe in Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. We are everywhere. And we ask, would you be willing to actually spread this to others that you may know who can actually be contributed with the tools and resources to bring more wellness into their life and into their bodies?